Hello. Hello, hello, hello. How are you? I'm okay. How are you doing? Good, good. Episode 17. Wow, getting up there. Yeah, yeah. And I think we're, uh, we almost made our first buck. Oh, how about that? <laughs> we uh, we could frame it if it were. Uh... Yeah, remember when when you were a kid, you go into a, like a pizza place, and they'd always have like like the first dollar, like yes, to the wall, like somebody's signature on it or something. You know? Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, no, that that would be good if we could do that. That would be uh, that would be great. We'll, now, uh, how many rubles can we buy with a uh, dollar? Seriously, I. I don't remember. It was the last I looked. It was was it seventy rubles to a dollar or something? Now like it's one hundred and thirty-four. Oh, okay, yeah. So it's like double what? Yeah, okay. That all that all tracks. Yeah. All right. Well, maybe when we make the first dollar, we'll buy one hundred and thirty-four rubles and give them out to the first, uh, you know, the first people to uh, to call in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, boy, boy, what a great present to give people, a currency that's on its way to zero. Yeah, just hand out rubles in the street, you know, like the way Rockefeller used to hand out dimes, uh, according to legend. Yeah, I think that's what the Republicans did in 2016, wasn't it? They were just handing rubles out in Philadelphia. <laughs> I, I think so. <laughs> I think that's and, how. And, and there were so many of them that a bunch of those senators had to actually go and collect them in Moscow, right? It's all of a piece. So let's get, <laughs> let's get going with our uh, our, our usual uh, segments here. We start with absolutely the last pandemic update, and uh, you found something today, yeah, right? Yeah, well, yeah, some news broke today, which I'm sure will be absolutely the last pandemic update ever, is uh, former president and a guy we both admire, Barack Obama, has tested positive for COVID. Wow. Now, he said he's... He's vaccinated and boosted and he was not feeling too well, but it's, you know, he's basically okay. Mm -hmm. um, and he said his wife, Michelle, uh, tested negative and he encouraged people to get vaccinated and boosted if they haven't yet. So mm -hmm. uh, it, it's interesting because now that people are vaccinated and boosted, it's not the dire news that it would have been two years ago. It's just but, the diarrhea. Yeah, well, okay. <laughs> All right, well, uh, we can move on to, uh, I was actually going to propose for this segment that we uh, either temporarily or permanently change the name of the segment from Insurrection Week to um, uh, Shut Down the Clown Show. But, um, <laughs> that, but That would do, that would yeah, also work. Uh, because um, I noticed that there was a big event right here in my area uh, this reawaken America tour that uh, just uh, clown car time. But uh, you point out that the first case to trial got a conviction. So that's still real enough for us to, to keep the original titles insurrection week. What happened with that one? Well, yeah, the, there's been a lot of people who've gone to jail over the insurrection because they pleaded guilty and so they've gone off for, you know, whatever. Remember the, the guy with the, uh, the headdress, I think he got about four years in prison. Wow. Most of the people have gotten like a month or two because they didn't do anything that, that wild. What about but, the guy with the podium? Um, yeah, I think he got like 60 days or 90 days, something like that. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, so what's this but, one? But, well, this was a guy from Texas who 
it was an interesting case. He, he came from Texas. He brought weapons with him and he had a pistol on him when he was running up the, uh, the steps on the west side of the Capitol. Now mm -hmm. he never actually got inside the building, right? But he fought with cops uh, and took credit for leading the the charge up the stairs. And I there's see. like video of him doing that. And then he went back to Texas and he was bragging about this. And his kids turned him in. Oh gosh! And in fact, what was interesting is that one of his sons called the FBI around Christmas, like two weeks before the insurrection right. and said, uh, you know, my father's planning to go to Washington and, you know, he's an anti-government fanatic and I'm very worried about him. And the FBI didn't get back to the kid until after uh, January 6th. Yeah. I guess they got the call and probably thought, oh, well, you know, this sounds crazy and right. nobody. We're getting a lot of those and, you know, we'll get right, to it later. Right. So then he, he, uh, he threatened his children's lives. He oh, said gosh. if they turned him in, he would kill them. Oh, you know, this was after the insurrection when they said, you know, we're going to turn you in. And he said, if you do, I'll kill you. Oh. So he was charged with that. He was charged with assaulting officers and, uh, and he wouldn't take a guilty plea. So he went to trial and then he was convicted on all the charges this past week. But mm. it was a, um, it, it was an important case because it showed the government has a lot of evidence that is just overwhelming. And the juries in Washington, D.C. are just accepting the evidence and they're not, you know, they're not listening to any of this anti-government claptrap. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. so if you were one of these people who's going to go on trial and you have a good lawyer, your lawyer now would say, just take a guilty plea because you're going to wind up getting convicted. I mean, the government is not, you know, they're not inept with this. They know mm -hmm. what they're doing. All right. Well, that's a good update. Um, uh, the next segment we have is who's the media. And uh, it's kind of eerie how, you know, we, we talk about uh, TikTok is the media or uh, Twitter is the media um, I think you, you, you've been watching Telegram, but right. here actually, you know, it, it was, it was, uh, more than just a, a concept. It became a reality with, uh, what do you say here? The story became the Saturday night live cold open. Well, there was an interesting dust up in media Twitter in the past week. There's a, a woman named Taylor Lorenz who mm -hmm. worked for the New York times and would cover, uh, TikTok and Twitter and Facebook and uh, influencers. Sort of that. That's her beat. Exactly. There, there had been some story written about how journalists have to have a brand and she was quoted in the story. And then she tweeted something about that and said, Oh, this is, you know, this is an interesting story. I'm quoted in it and, you know, I stand behind it or whatever. And for whatever reason, Maggie Haberman attacked her on Twitter and it got into this weird it was like two prep school girls fighting in the parking lot. And uh, like everyone is standing around thinking, what the hell is going on here? And right. uh, apparently they really hate each other. Now, there must hmm. be some great backstory to that. Uh, you know, when I saw Haberman's tweet saying, uh, Taylor, I assure you that 
Uh, we don't do the same type of journalism. And uh, if you want to, con- uh, you know, we can continue this, but I really don't see the point. And so, you know, the first thing I thought of was, you know, the uh, Spider-Man meme where there's like two Spider-Men and they're po- right, right, pointing right, to exactly. each other. Yeah, I now think in memes, you know, and uh, so... Uh, you know, I guess I had to go and look at what the conversation was about with the uh, Taylor Lorenz. And, um, you know, I saw that uh, she's been bullied and she's been targeted and she was, you know, complaining, which she's been doing for, you know, a year or more like Barry Weiss. That's their beat. But then the upshot of it all is now Taylor Lorenz has relocated to the Washington Post and she had this big story that came out yesterday about how the Biden administration has been briefing TikTok influencers about what they're doing in the war right. or how they're handling the war. Right. And of course, some people say, oh my God, you know, they're dealing with TikTok people. It's embarrassing, but it I, it's actually, you know, relatively smart thing to do because they want to communicate with young people and that would be a way to do it. Mm-hmm. But then that story actually became the cold open of Saturday Night Live. So people were saying, well, Taylor Lorenz has been vindicated because mm-hmm. she wrote the story about, you know, the influencer culture. Mm-hmm. Now her, her reporting has inspired a classic opening on Saturday Night Live mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. Biden was sitting there with the people from TikTok who were all kind of bizarre right. characters. So, uh, well, I wish the writing were better on the cold open. Uh, you know, I guess the, the 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 gal who was supposed to be the uh, CW actress. Uh, you know that that one. Oh, was, right, that right. one was kind of funny, and then there were one or two other chuckles out of it. But uh, yeah, I see, think... I wonder. I I'm curious to know if they just like wrote that in two hours. You know, <laughs> because Maybe. no, seriously. Yeah, no, seriously. I mean, I wonder if they had something else planned because they had. Um, Kate McKinnon was was Jen Psaki. I mean, she they like kind of had her, you know, costume and makeup ready and everything. And uh, and the guy who plays Biden was Biden. But I mean, the other people, I wonder if they just kind of quickly threw together that skit to uh, capitalize on the news. Possibly. I mean, I think it was it. it was a good, you know, concept to do. Uh, but I'm, I'm not sure, I, you know, I guess I might give it a B minus, you know, for execution. Yeah. But, I mean, it's one of those things where it's, it's interesting that they did it, but the actual, the actual skit was, you know, but I mean, they're always like that. Yeah. It's know. a hit or miss. So, all right. Now we're going to go to our Michigas or Malarkey game. And, uh, I hope you've got one ready. I, I do. I do. In fact, um, this is uh, it's somewhat thematic. I was thinking about war photography this week, of course, mm. because we've seen a lot of war photography, unfortunately. War photography actually began uh, in, in Ukraine with the, uh, the Crimean War. Mm. And there was, a, um, there was a photographer named Roger Fenton, who he was an artist who... Uh, he went to the great exhibition in 1851 and learned about photography and he got obsessed with photography. And he actually traveled to Russia and Ukraine in 1852 and took photos. And when he got back to London through London society, he was introduced to Queen Victoria and Prince Albert and wound up taking photographs of the Royal family, which they were very impressed with. 
So when the Crimean War broke out, Prince Albert encouraged Fenton to go to the, uh, to the war and take photographs. So he did, and he, he was the, uh, the first war photographer in, uh, in history. But what, what's interesting is he, he, he went to the Crimea and he got there in March of 1855 and he joined up with the British army and he took hundreds of photographs. And if you see his photographs today, they're always like these landscapes of, uh, of scenery really in Crimea, or there are these photographs of British soldiers in their uniforms. And, uh, there's also photographs of Turkish soldiers and things like that, but there's actually no photographs of the war. Um, you know, like we think of Gardner's photos from Antietam or photos from Gettysburg showing the dead soldiers and that sort of thing, uh, you know, from years later in the American civil war, but Fenton, his photos are landscapes or else they're like these kind of studio type portraits of, uh, people posing in their dress uniforms. And the, the reason for that, when he got back to London, he, showed his photographs to Queen Victoria and Prince Albert, and they were so offended by the war photos that he took that they, Queen Victoria ordered that those photos be suppressed. Mm. So the photos that he took that would show any battle scenes or dead soldiers or wounded soldiers, uh, they never got out to the public. And it's unclear what, what happened if, if Victoria had them destroyed or if they were stashed away and it'll turn up in a vault someday or, you know, they'll, find them under Buckingham palace or something. But, uh, that, that's why the first war photography doesn't actually show the war. It's just landscapes and sort of hmm. guys in their dress uniforms. So that's, that's the, uh, yes, that's the story. So is, is that Michigas or malarkey? Did queen Victoria censor the first great war photographs, hmm. the first photography of warfare where they personally censored by queen Victoria. Mm. Well, you know, this is a very relevant topic, right? Because uh, I think uh, Putin is censoring all the news over there. Right. And uh, but here we had the same photo on, I think, five, the front page of five different newspapers. Right. The uh, the, the, the pregnant lady being uh, carried out on a stretcher from the. Oh, right. Right. Yeah. So it's a very uh, relevant topic. I have no insight into, you know, whether this is uh, something that would have happened, uh, could have happened. It sounds very feasible to me. So I'm just going to say we, we have to decide. I have to decide whether this is Michigas, uh, crazy but true, or malarkey, totally made up. I'm going to say it's Michigas. It's true. No, it's not true. Oh. Queen Victoria did not oh. censor the photographs. You can go to the Library of Congress site and just search for Roger Fenton and see all the photos. And there's these beautiful photos of British officers and their big hats with feathers and all this kind of stuff. But he never took any pictures of any actual battle scenes mm. or the aftermath of the battle. And it wasn't because he was censored. He apparently thought there would be no uh, no audience for that. Right. He, it, it never occurred to him that people would be interested in it. Too gruesome. And so Interesting. He, he, he did come back and he did show his photos to Queen Victoria, who apparently was was very impressed with them. But mm -hmm. there was nothing gory or nothing. Well, maybe suppressed. maybe he knew his audience. 
Uh, well, which... he did and he didn't. And what happened was he, it, the photos didn't really sell. <laughs> and, uh, and seriously, and by 1862, he, he quit photography uh, completely and uh, he became a lawyer. Hmm. And then he, he died about 10 years after that. So he, he's hmm. one of the most famous people in the history of photography, but he, uh, he went to photograph a war and took what about it to fashion ph photography oh, Gosh, <laughs> and uh, because he thought that would sell better and then it didn't sell anyway. Mm -hmm. So, all right. So, so, you so this, your story is, uh, is Michigas, but the answer to the game question this week is it's malarkey. Right, right. Yeah, it is a strange so, story, yeah. but uh, where we're really uh, twisting things around lately with the game. Yeah, we are. Yeah. But, All right. Uh, well, let the, let me move on. Um, you, when you were talking about the uh, portraits, it reminded me uh, we're doing the hit list or shit list. Um, I just started watching the Netflix series on Andy Warhol and uh, was just seeing the episode about how, I guess it was in the 1980s, he was doing all commissioned uh, portraits, you know, from the uh, celebrities. Right. Um, so, you know, what you were saying there about the, uh, the, the war photographer uh, was kind of resonating with that. I, I'm not sure yet about whether uh, the Warhol series is going to be uh, on my hit list or on my shit list. I'm still like in the early episodes of it, but... I did want to come back and um, give an update on the TikTok because it wasn't too long ago that I was, you know, raving about it. Um, and of course, you know, you we were talking, you were talking about the, um, uh, you know, the White House Zoom meeting with the TikTok influencers. Um, I think I said in the last episode of the one before that I have a problem following news on TikTok because. Uh, at least in the way that I'm experiencing experiencing it, and maybe there's a different you know way to view it. You you can't really tell whether you're seeing the latest um, you know episode or the latest uh, uh, TikTok video of something. Oftentimes, right. I see this guy uh, uh, Parnas, you know, the son of. Uh, oh, I know who you mean. Yeah, one of the guys who was involved with you. Yeah, it is Parnas. Yeah. It is Parnas. His, so so the the son of the guy who was involved with Giuliani is, you know, trying to be helpful. And I think he, uh, he's either in or went th through law school uh, in Florida. And uh, so anyway, he does these updates on the Ukraine war and um, you know, it, the algorithm is feeding these to me, but I don't know immediately whether this is today's TikTok update or whether it's from two days ago or five days ago. So I still maintain that uh, Twitter is a better way to keep track of the latest news because it's easy to see, you know, when it's got like a clear timestamp right. on it, but maybe other people are able to see those uh, uh, signifiers on TikTok. But anyway, the thing that I wanted to update was that I noticed a couple of days ago, something very strange happened to my feed and it became almost entirely like 90, 95% uh, not suitable for work uh, material. <laughs> and, and, you know, I don't mind, you know, one of those sprinkled in every hundred, you know, uh, uh, hundred um, uh, servings, but here it was like just wall to wall. 
And, you know, it, it was very uncomfortable. And I was like, I don't know what happened. Does the algorithm think it finally figured me out? Um, or, you know, maybe maybe it thought it clicked in on me. But um, I found myself for like a 24 hour, maybe even over 24 hour period, having to block every account that was doing that. And I think after a while, you know, the algorithm once again said, "Uh oh, you know, we we thought he wanted to see these, but in fact, he's blocking them. And so um, I think is is there a possibility that this had something to do with the war? Yes. Yeah. I mean, well, that's what I'm asking. Was somebody trying to flood TikTok with with this? With porn. It's possible. You know, you know what it reminds me of? There was a news report now that you're reminding me that they discovered emails it was a day or two ago where um the 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 FSB or something in in Moscow was sending uh instructions to their to their own set of influencers right right to run material they were actually like producing material and you know f- pointing their 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 army to it uh, to say, use these videos and use this copy. And, you know, it was so so there was definitely I thought it, you know, I didn't think about, uh, you know, whether they were doing that with the, uh, you know, the, the unsuitable material, the R rated material versus trying to do that just with the propaganda on the war. But it could all have been mixed in. I I got the distinct feeling that there was a campaign. Now, I'm not paranoid enough to think that they were aiming it at me, but I could see that you know maybe they were flooding the uh, you know the, well, the zone. They, I, right. I mean, they were trying to to distract. It, it, yeah, it reminded me. Remember, the strategy with Trump was to flood the zone with shit. Yeah, just, just right to create so much uh, chaotic stuff that nobody yes. could really keep track and yeah, uh, keep up with it. So I wonder it, if there are any scholarly, you know, tomes written on this topic. Well, I mean, if you want to hide the use of pornography, right? In you can right, international very, espionage. Oh well, uh, yeah, it has a very long history, right? You know, but the I, I think what you were probably experiencing was they probably were thought they could just load TikTok of stuff that was not the war. And get people to watch that and not pay any attention to the war or, or, Mm. you know, just, or just to create some kind of chaos to make it unusable. Yeah. Um, It could be that, I mean, whatever, whatever the reasoning is, but it was uh, definitely a flood the zone scenario. Yeah. I'd be curious to see if anybody else experienced that or if it was just, uh, they, they they zeroed in on my algorithm. <laughs> I don't, well, yeah, well, that's the thing. Well, there, there, there is always the possibility. They said, hey, you know, we, we know what this dude wants. We, yeah, now we've got enough info on this guy. Let's just give him what he wants, right? But, um, you know, uh, in in a way, you know, they, they undermine their own, their own algorithm with me. I got ticked off at TikTok. Yeah, well, that, yeah, well, that might be the uh, the episode. It's a mouthful. Yeah, that's the episode title, right? Okay. That one, uh... <laughs> well, I think there are more important things going on in the world, but we've we've covered a lot of them, so we'll just have to come back and do it all again next week. Okay. Take Bye-bye. it easy.